Hello, welcome everybody to uh, the first Sonic Talk of 2017. I do apologise about last week's show being cancelled at the last minute, but it was just one of those unavoidable scenarios. Nothing to worry about, everybody's fine, it's just, you know, a set of circumstances that don't happen very often, I, I'm, I'm pleased to say. You may not be pleased to say, you might be thinking, well, I don't want to watch this. This is a show about music technology and uh, synthesizers and electronic music and music production, all that sort of stuff. I have no interest in this. Well, if that's the case, then stay watching, because you, uh, you might be pleased, and if you are watching uh, via YouTube live or via facebook live please do stay tuned because uh we appreciate you sticking around and obviously 2017 a new year and i wanted to say first happy new year and also um happy new year to our guests as well so uh, i guess it's it's um pre-show pre-nam show this year isn't it so i guess that's that's going to be our focus of what we do. I want to say, first of all, uh, let's say uh, hello to the chat room, which is our IRC server over there, sonicstate.com forward slash live is where you can find details of that. And also all you people on uh, YouTube live as well. Always nice to see you folks, your lads and lasses hanging out there. I try and keep an eye on all of the, the comments, but sometimes it's a bit tricky when you're running everything together. Anyway, let's get on to our guests. We'll start with uh, Mr. David Spears from g4software.com, makers of fine software instruments and hoarders of vintage electronics. I think they're stockpiling them for for the day that comes where they're the only people with any left and they'll be able to retire on the proceeds. Does that sound about right, Dave? Yeah, that's the that's the uh, new tactic. <laughs> right, there's more money in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Happy New Year to you and everybody out there in Sonic Talk land. Yes. How's it been? How was your Christmas? Did you have a restive festive, as I like to say occasionally? Uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was good. Lot lot of social things going on. Oh, fact, I got nice. to a point where I was kind of like, "Can we just not go out tonight? Is there any chance I could just stay in and just kind of veg in front of the TV?" There's all this kind of frenetic activity up to the the really Christmas and Boxing Day, and then afterwards, it's like you're desperately looking for that break. Well, I am between kind of you know Christmas and New Year. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. And on New Year's Day, we have a re- me and uh, my missus have a quite a cheeky little ruse uh, in that we generally try to avoid things on New Year's Eve because then it all gets very messy for New Year's Day. But what we do do is go to a decent hotel on New Year's Day because obviously everybody's checked out on New yeah, Year's Day. Yeah, top rates. And there's usually really good deals. So, <laughs> yeah, we had we got an amazing deal at the Brighton Grand. Oh, excellent. With, Arguably the best room in the hotel, a super bargain price. So that was just kind of like, wow. Is that and, the, that, and that walk along the seafront on the day is always oh, kind of blows it. the cobwebs out. Was that the Thatcher so, suite or the Tebbit suite? It was probably one of those ones that on the on. front. There's, wow, there's quite a lot of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was amazing. You know, full. Oh, aspect, lovely. Full aspect. And it was a nice day on New Year's Day as well, wasn't it? I seem to remember there was. Uh, it was good weather and that, that kind of clear um, uh, English sort of winter day that you get sometimes. Oh, well, that sounds lovely. I'm really pleased for you. Excellent. Thank you. I had a hangover because I got, got to go out. So, and that's fine, you know, because I, I don't mind them when I feel like they're deserved. What I object to is when I've got one and I think, why have I got one? I don't, I don't deserve that. It's not fair. Anyway, let's also join our other guest today, Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, sublime-uk.com, producer, engineer, uh, composer, all sorts of things he is. Live guy. Live, of course. For life, I forgot to say that as well. So uh, a good Christmas period for you guys as well? It was excellent. Yeah, it was excellent. Family over from the States, um, very relaxing. If you consider running around from like 9 a.m. until 10 p.m., 
re- relaxing. It was, but actually, yeah, it was okay. It was, it was good. I really enjoyed seeing my family. That's the main thing. I enjoyed seeing them, and uh, then I got to rest as soon as they left. <laughs> Excellent, because you so, had a very busy period. You were working right up to the eleventh uh, hour, I think, if I remember correctly. I was, yeah. I was doing, uh, did a tour, doing a bunch of remixes, doing a bunch of editing, and sending off files to people who need some things mastered and. <laughs> It's just a lot of a lot of work, but it's uh, now now everything has shifted over, and uh, the new year feels a lot less hectic. As of actually, as of Sunday, things started feeling a lot less hectic. It's great. I love it now. Excellent. I wish I could say the same, but obviously, as we know, it's NAM, uh, which is the biggest kind of music technology show of the year. That's next week from, uh, well, preview day's Wednesday. We fly out on Tuesday morning, so we get a day of just sort of hanging out. Uh, well, not a day of travelling, and then a couple of hours of hanging out, and then we're on to the show. So, yeah, that's the big focus for this time of year. So it's never quiet, I must admit. And then also, I had a number of things happen. Uh, I've also got, uh, I got the Matrix Brute arrived two days ago, which I, I just, you know, obviously can't anything about it apart from look out and go hey i'm going to review this at some point and uh there's been a lot of stuff going on really um just outside of that as i said earlier i mean think about nam this year is it sort of feels like i'm not waiting for any real big surprises because a lot of people have, have released early or a lot of people are not you know have said they're not doing anything so either they're being very secretive and are managing to hold off you know any kind of rumors or we're just going to see the stuff that's been announced for the first time i'm not sure how it's going to be but i'm i am kind of looking forward to it i, I mean now I'm, i don't know what this is by 16th or 17th so it's not it doesn't hold the same sort of fresh exciting uh vibe for me as it does just because of all the organizers i'd love to go there without actually having to organize an entire team and coverage and stuff sometime and just sort of hang out for a couple of days i think rich hilton's going to be coming over on Thursday or Friday so hopefully we'll see him there and his son so I'm looking forward to it but I mean it might be fun to enjoy you don't go anymore do you Dave I mean you you opted out of the NAM thing um I don't know how many years ago is that now uh actually it's weird a little Facebook thing came up uh I think it's six years ago wow I've done it for 19 years oh my god uh but normally you know usually isn't well I think in every occasion as an exhibitor. I think the last one we may not have been, that may have been after we ditched distribution over there. But yeah, I mean, for us, it's like, you know, we don't, well, we do kind of sell into trade, but we sell into Sweetwater and JRR shop. And other than that, they're they're so good that it's like, actually, I don't, we don't really want to court loads more distribution stores and all that kind of stuff. So for us, I'm sort of getting to the point where, well, A, I, could do with a good margarita with good company in the sun that would be quite that's nice. but that's yeah a, this, that's a big plus yeah, yeah this year was the kind of first year that i thought oh there's a couple of things that i'd quite like to get off the ground and i was like oh maybe i should go and talk to some people but i'm not so so you're staying away from california and uh, you'll be watching it for because obviously our coverage will be uh, the usual exemplary thing. I mean, hopefully we've got a slightly new edit process, so it might not be quite so kind of abrupt edit wise, <laughs> but but it'll still be fast. That's the main thing. And um, our plan is actually to attempt uh, to do a live stream on a, a not maybe not every day, but certainly a few days. We'll do a live stream from the show uh, from the press room at the end of the day when the network has probably dropped down a bit, and to do like a kind of 
you know, in the in uh, the press room, we've got a little space where we can kind of, you know, interview and talk to some people about impressions. So I'm hoping we'll do that. And that will just come through this Sonic State live channel. Don't know if we'll do Facebook as well. It's, just, you know, there's too many variables to, to deal with at that point And you've got to change it all up and stuff. But I'm definitely going to be going for that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be fun from that point of view. What about you, Charles? Have you been, uh, Chicky? Is that something you've... Never been. Never. I mean, it's something I've, I've always talked about doing that still haven't done it yet. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so maybe I should do it sometime. Are you going to be? Know, I, we, I, we, sorry, go ahead. We spoke, and you you were said you were going to be uh, in California just shortly afterwards, right? Yeah, I'll be there uh, the last weekend of uh, this month. Yeah, so I'm there. I get there the twenty sixth, and I'm there. Oh, that's literally four days after I leave. So I leave, I'm, yeah. I'm flying back on the 23rd, the after or the 24th. I forget. I know, uh, yeah, because I, I I land at about three o'clock on the Wednesday, which is why there's no show. So uh, you know, I, I, I ordinarily I would obviously try, but <laughs> that's going to be a bit yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I, sh- I probably should have planned it out a little bit better. Um, I didn't even really think much about it, and uh, last year was last year was a bit of a dumpster fire every year. So uh, <laughs> just <laughs> my planning went out the window. But uh, yeah, I should have planned a little bit better, and I I should have gone. I should I should I'll, you know what I'll plan for it next time. How's that? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea because I'm really I still like to get the entire Sonic Talk team around the Marriott Pool Bar on a Saturday night uh, where <laughs> where we're by margaritas because that's yeah, like, that's that. that's I'd one of that. the few nights of the year, and I don't you know I, I think people assume that British people drink all the time to excess, and and I don't at all, and that's one <laughs> night where I sort of make a point of doing so. <laughs> Because it's yeah. the release of you know Thursday and Friday and all the all the scoops done. So that's if you want to see me drunk, then that's probably your best bet. It starts around six o'clock, so maybe I'll see you there. You know, feel free to rock up. I'm not sure I can buy you all a drink, but you know. <laughs> anyway, um, let, but big news. Big news is uh, these NPCs are out. So uh, I wonder if I can play this. Yeah, let's play this uh, rather um, epilepsy-inducing video. This is the new NPC Live and the new NPC X, which we knew were coming. They were kind of leaked, but the final spec is perhaps more than we expected. It's only a minute, so I'm sure we can cope with it. And uh, interesting, they're going for something a little bit less regular hip-hop vibe. So this is the X that they're showing here, which is really quite an impressive looking machine. Big touchscreen, 8CVIO as well, somewhere. I'm sure I saw it. Yeah, there we go. CV output. That's kind of cool. And then the Live, which doesn't have a CVIO, but standalone. It's got a battery power. So it runs four or five hours. Smaller touchscreen, but really actually quite impressive amount of uh, audio capabilities I won't play the whole thing because that's getting a bit scratchy on these tinny headphones I'll tell you what though um, I know that the MPC standalone has been something that's been asked for an awful long time we actually had Akai down last week and we filmed a whole piece on the MPC live and I, I have to say the feature set is really impressive it's the first time for a while when when I've seen something that they've made and, and attempting to go for the kind of you know this will do everything when I've gone yeah actually that really does look like it's going to do everything I mean even the MPC live eight stereo audio tracks so you've got linear playback so you could have eight stems You've also got 64 stereo voices for samples and multi-samples on top of that. So that could be any number of things. And you've also got this clip launch, which allows you to... Uh, it's kind of like a 4x4 
lifestyle matrix, but it's all got real-time uh, audio time stretch on all of it. So you can have the linear tracks. You could basically have a linear track running and maybe kind of go, well, this bit I just want to transpose down a semitone. And it'll do that in the linear play. It, it, it's sort of like you're going, wow, actually, that's really powerful. It's, and then you can press a button and just go, I'm now an MPC touch controller. You can work on this in your DAW, export it, drag the project into the MPC live and keep going. Obviously, you can't run the VST plugins and stuff, but that is actually a really impressive workflow. And I was thinking, hmm, that for, for, for if you're an MPC sort of person and you're making beats, you can now take this kind of thing out on the road Battery lasted, we were running the session here for five hours, and it was fine. So, you know, I don't know if any of you are MPC people. I mean, I saw your eyebrows raised, but it was, yeah. I have to say, yeah. it feels like they really got this right. It, it seems really cool. Um, it's, I mean, I, I, I was an MPC user. Uh, that sounds like a drug addiction. Um, <laughs> but it kind of was. It kind of was. Um, you know, I had the 60, uh, the 1,000. Um I, I I loved the MPC and I loved I love the way it sounded. You know, it sounded kind of strange and stuff. But I, I like the idea. This is basically uh, this is a, a great live device. I don't know if I'd use it in the studio that much because I have the Push Two and and sure. and so forth. And and the other thing is too. I mean, I a lot of the music I'm I'm doing these days, I'm kind of getting away from anything beat oriented. Um, so, and this is very much a beat oriented type of machine, but it does, it looks like something that about two years ago, me would have gone, Oh God, I've got to have this thing. And this is amazing. So it does look really cool. Yeah, it really, I, I was talking to the guy from, uh, who's funnily enough also called Andy Mack. So we had two Andy Macks in the room at the same time. And he's really fired up about it. And I felt like, cause we've, he's come down before with the touch and stuff. And it sort of felt like nearly you know but it felt like maybe there were a couple of things we didn't have we shouldn't have focused on so much because they didn't quite do what people maybe hope they did but this it feels like it's all there and the the touch screen is all new as well and it's really snappy yeah that looks really cool and and that that i imagine makes a big difference i don't know dave have you ever been an npc kind of guy no no (laughs) all right Um, (laughs) no it was interesting i mean i did say to you earlier you were um talking about the whole guest thing, I was like, oh, yeah, but I've got nothing really to contribute. But I did go and have a look at this, and I was similar kind of vibe. I was like, oh, oh. So my first question is, how much is, say, something like the MPC Live? Do we know? 799. Pounds? Yeah, which I think ain't bad. Two gigs oh, of RAM, 16 gig, uh, I think it's got 16 gig SSD. You know, I mean, if you want to use their content, you've got a whole bunch of stuff in there. But in terms of a playout unit, you know, if you were working on stuff and you needed something, you don't want to take a laptop out on the, on the road and you want some playback. I mean, it's only got six outputs, which might be a limitation, but that might not be uh, the end of the world, you know, because if you're playing stems out and the stuff you can do in it, I mean, it means that you could then, but there's also a performance aspect to it as well. So, I mean, that's, those are the sort of things that, you know, in terms of playing live are are problems that people need solving sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that's a bad price. So what is the MPCX? The MPCX, I believe is 1449 which doesn't, again, doesn't seem, you know, because we're used to seeing, okay, yeah, I can't afford this. But actually, that seems priced quite competitively for something that, you know. I mean, I guess the thing with many of these things is really uh, down to, you know, just how solid the MPC 2.0 software is. Because what the other thing that's interesting is the MPC 2.0 software runs parity across 
those two and on the desktop. So they've rewritten the whole thing and it runs on natively on the machine. I mean, obviously, it's got a different code base because it's presumably a Linux-based OS on these things. But, you know, that's that's kind of an interesting concept. So, yeah, it is, it is like we talked about this before, didn't we, when the leak came out, that it's like a specialised music computer, effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you say no CVs? On, on the, the live, live, no, there's nothing on the live, but there's eight CV gate. I guess they're assignable on the MPC-X. Okay, but the MPC-X is not battery-powered. I don't believe so. I think it would be pretty hard for it to run on that way, but yeah. I mean, you you may be able... I mean, the thing about the USB host ports as well, because while the guy, uh, Andy, was here, we discovered that class-compliant MIDI had just been added, because he said when... But when he arrived, it's like, no, it's only USB storage. But then it was like, oh, no, actually, I've just spoken to the guys. It's also... You can plug controllers into it as well. And there was some talk at some point during the day that it might be possible to plug class-compliant audio interfaces into it, which would mean if they were uh, um, DC-coupled, I don't know, it's a possibility, right? So, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing that I find kind of interesting about all of this stuff. And and all of that, you know, you've got, uh, I think it's up to four effects per pad, insert effects. I, I mean, there's going to be a finite amount of capability in there, but if you can run... 64 stereo voices, eight tracks. That's a pretty good start for something that size. I mean, you know, one might argue that if you needed more than that, then perhaps you need to rewrite your tune. <laughs> so. Yeah, you, you know who you know who could use something like this is Ravi. This this seems like something he'd really be into. Right uh, for uh, for live stuff for for the Howard mm-hmm. stuff for for the Howard stuff because he's using uh, he's using Launchpad and Machine, um, triggering a bunch of Ableton stuff, but it, like a dedicated machine. With a you know built into his stand with a small keyboard to do some of the yeah. key things that he does, that's all he'd need. He wouldn't have to worry about laptops. I mean, I I like the idea of of like I, I saw I was looking online today and I saw this um with those old Elises uh, the twenty four track hard disk recorders. Oh, HDR twenty four. Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually I've actually thought about buying one because I because I, I always like the the old radar system. I, I like things that are very dedicated for their purpose and something like that. But I mean, something like the, um, this new Akai, not, not the live version, the actual using the big version live would be amazing. Yeah. I, I think, mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the live is great, but the big version live would be fantastic. It could be a really, uh, a re- I, I hate to use the word game changer. It's not a game changer, but it just feels like for the first time in a while, the, the kind of what the people want and what the manufacturer have provided are, are sort of intersecting really nicely. And I, I predict that actually this is going to be one of the big hits of NAM because people are going to see it in the flesh for the first time. And, you know, I haven't seen an X, but I imagine in the flesh it's going to be a very impressive looking thing. And uh, we're scheduled to do another thing in the future uh, on the MPCX where I'm hoping to hook up some live synths and we'll do like a maybe some kind of musical collaboration with the demo guy and we can kind of go, okay, let's bring that. And then maybe, you know, you can record the synths in and all that. So that's going to be really interesting, I think. Um, so, yeah. I'm looking forward to a bit more information on those, but I, I suspect it's going to be quite a big stir because obviously lots of hip hop guys go to uh, Nam. Although, you know, to be fair, they're trying, I think the general feeling is to try and break this out of the kind of hip hop only genre because it's capable of doing, you know, whatever with those sort of categories. That's why, sorry. Go. Uh, that's why that audio demo for me was really interesting i'm quite a big fan of this of a guy called nickich who's a producer programmer remixer and apart from the annoying noise that ran all the way through it 
those chord transpositions and stuff like that. This is the first time I'd kind of heard a demo and went, oh, actually, that sounds like him. In fact, to, for a moment, I thought it was him and I went off on a tangent. It might be. Um, but it's quite clearly aimed, you know, that the demo alone was quite clearly aimed at the non-hip-hop fraternity. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how how many, you know, how the, whether the chat room and the YouTube commenters are, are excited about an NPC, but I've seen a few things going past saying, oh, that might have to look into that. Because I think there's been a, there's almost this sort of feeling that they'd like to, because I mean, there's also this move, there seems to be, as we've seen, a sway towards getting away from the computer in its traditional form and having a dedicated piece of hardware is quite appealing because it's we all sit at computers a lot of the time and even if it's a different computer it sort of still has an appeal to be doing something on a dedicated piece of hardware right so so yeah there's one request really for this with akai can they give it to akai dan to demonstrate because after the uh what's it the timber wolf or tomber wolf or whatever he's obviously coming for yeah, well, I it's think really some unfair amount of sticks. So I... Actually, if they gave him something that was pretty amazing and he could kind of turn that round. I would like I, actually I've been trying what I'm trying to do because we do you know we do the series Meet the Makers. Uh, I'm trying to I've lined up a bunch of people to talk to at, at, at Nam. I asked if I could do them with Akai uh, with Dan Gill from Akai because you know he's obviously a really smart designer as well. I mean he's an engineer. You know he come up with a lot of the concepts for this. Maybe he's not the best demo guy, but that's unfair. You know and I really wanted to try and talk to him about his background, his you know that kind of stuff because I think you know he's a person and I think as soon as you become memed like that, you sort of lose your the human aspect of you and you just become a, something of ridicule and it's really grossly unfair. I mean, yeah, it was ill-advised, but you know, we all make mistakes. So anyway, but he's not there, yeah. so I can't do it, but I will, <laughs> I am, I am going to chase up to try and do that. There are, there is a will to make this happen. So I would really like to talk to him because I think I've spoken to him in person and he's a, he's a nice guy, a nice enough guy. So, um, so anyway, that, yep, that's the NPC. Uh, I think they're going to be shipping in, I think they said, Oh, first quarter i think are to be the safe to be safe i can't remember exactly what they said but uh yeah it looks like it's going to shake things up a little bit and and it looks like a really kind of a kind of watershed moment for akai as well which i think is really probably been a little while coming so that's great so uh all right let's see i, I kind of went the wrong way around um i tell you what seeing as it's been so long let's do the ad because uh, it's been such a long time since we've heard from our sponsors of course isotope and uh, we want to uh, thank them for their continued sponsorship of the show even in 2007 although i haven't had it in writing yet i suppose if i play the ad then it might might make everything cool <laughs> this is neutron which i think was nominated for a fairly major award from uh in pro tools expert as uh, a great piece of new software this is uh as we say, Isotope Neutron mix processing and mix analysis tool really quite unique in the way that it sort of visualises some of the frequency clashes. Assistance will help you and identify uh, particular instrument tracks and kind of suggest processing for them, which you can then tweak again. You know, you don't have to go with all their presets, but it gets you started. And really, from what I've heard, a lot of people have been very impressed with the way that it can clarify the mixing process. Because even for many of us who have been doing it for a long time, it can still be a little unclear as to what's wrong <laughs> i speak for myself <laughs> so yeah isotope neutron um as with many of their products 10 day demo available you go to isotope.com forward slash neutron and you can check out the plug in there and experience their desk best dsp yet although as i said before smoke doesn't come out of your computer like that when you use it <laughs> Isotope Neutron, 
isotope.com forward slash neutron I uh, want to say thank you very much to uh, isotope for sponsoring the show and of course uh, we ran I guess the competition would have been last year now and we asked uh, you to mix uh, to, to tweet the hashtag festive tunes and neutron and we have a winner the winner is a guy called Bart Schuller uh, the Twitter handle is at Bart Schuller I'm guessing he'll probably know uh, who he is uh, he tweeted uh, festive tunes and uh, neutron to uh, tweet Twitter but we've got our own competition uh, for this year and uh, well, I, I went for a, a festive 2017 uh, themed uh, hashtag which is mix for 2017 new year new process new skills new you know new quality so mix for hashtag mix for seven 2017 which is all one word mix uh, for 2017 and the hashtag neutron that's n-e-u-t-r-o-n to at sonic state and at isotope inc if you enter that into twitter between now and the next show you've got a couple of weeks uh, then we'll enter you into the competition and the Random pricking, picking process will uh, choose a winner next time, and you'll be uh, hopefully you'll be one of the people that can get it. So once again, tweet the hashtag Mix for 2017 and the hashtag Neutron to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we do thank them very much for their continued sponsor of the show. It's much appreciated. Um, let's get uh, let's try this one because I know this might have a resonance with you, Dave. As we know, um, Apple MacBook Pro with the new MacBook Pros or the, the 2016 ones. I'm missing Thunderbolt. They've got USB-C. Well, it's USB-C Thunderbolt 3. And we've all spoken about dongle hell. This is Hyperdrive. Introducing Hyperdrive, the adapter that replaces all other dongles. And look, it makes you happy. Turns your room white. And a Thunderbolt display. USB-C data, SD memory card, micro SD card. All the things that frankly should have been on the bloody thing in the first place. All while charging your MacBook Pro at full speed. Stop figuring out how to store and carry your dongle. I won't play the whole thing, but you get the idea. And I mean, it just, one thing that strikes me about this is uh, there is a massive need. We've identified it. Apple really, I think, screwed up here. And you can see that because their Kickstarter campaign has raised one and a half million dollars. It's it's just which sixteen thousand sixteen and a half thousand backers. And this thing is really cheap. I mean, uh, what was it? Sixty nine bucks gets your hyperdrive. One hundred and thirty eight. I think it's less than two. that. Is that is plus? It, I think was it forty nine or something? Uh, that uh, hyperdrive. Yeah, I don't know, but either way, it's not expensive, and it just seems like it, it reminds me back in the old iMac days. You know, when remember when the iMac first came out, and everybody was releasing i accessories, and then Apple really clamped it down and stopped you being able to do that. This is kind of like back to those days when they go, "Hey, we've got a great idea and done it," and Apple haven't stopped them, or at least not yet. But I don't know. I, I'm guessing, Dave, you might be uh, happy about this, or maybe not. I don't know if you've got one of those MacBooks or not. No, and I was having this discussion with my father this morning who's got uh, an older MacBook, and he said, oh, I really should update it. But he wants to get loads of video off of uh, Digital 8 and Video 8 and all that kind of stuff, and I'd lend him a Firewire cable with an adapter so that it fits his Firewire, so that it converts from Firewire 400 to 800 so that it fits his computer. Which, weirdly enough, I'd totally forgotten about. And the other day, I needed to do something similar. And I'm searching everywhere for this tiny little adapter, this 400 to 800 adapter, like almost suicidal. Uh, uh, and he said, should I get a new one? And I was just like, well, no. at the minute, you've got no way of getting anything in or out. I am, yeah, I'm not in a good way. So I, as I explained beforehand, I have a f- six 
it's just a six. It's not a success, which just dies constantly. And this week has been utterly. It's quite funny actually, but it's it just makes me despair. Um, we, I got a build of something super secret that we've been working on for a little while, and it's an early build of something. And I put it onto my machine, and I load it up, and my computer just dies. Kernel error. And then it restarts, and then randomly this kind of thing happens. And I notice that actually what's happening is is that it's the Thunderbolt. It's not your software. It's not your software. This, I'd like to add. No, and which was obviously the first thing I looked at because I thought, well, it must be related to that because if that's the last thing that was installed on this machine, and so Houston, we may have a problem. So I'm collating all these crash logs. I mean. And when I say crash logs, kernel errors are pretty serious things. Yeah. And uh, then I noticed that actually what's happening is that the Thunderbolt is disconnecting from the UA Apollo. And I had this almost a year ago when a Thunderbolt optical cable decided to die on me. And it was only a conversation with UA because my Apollo 8 was brand new. And I thought, oh, please, you know, don't don't let it be that. Uh, and they said, oh, actually, that's symptomatic of a dying Thunderbolt cable. So replace it. Well, it's right across the other side of the room. So oh, it's, it's about five a million... meter yeah. Thunderbolt cable. Eight hundred and fifty. Yeah, uh, only 100... only one hundred and fifty. Oh, that seems reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so we buy another one, and it, it appears that that's exactly what's happening again. So these things are the spawn. I'm sounding like gas here. These things are the spawn of the devil. <laughs> oh wow so, so basically you've got 150 quid yearly apple tax on top of everything else <laughs> dude it's driving me insane what with that and then you know i buy my wife a iphone se thing and ever since she's got that the caller can't hear her for at least two minutes that transpires it turns out that it's the network provider but only after th- yeah. And Apple never, ever, ever, ever take responsibility for these things. Uh, so right at this moment in time, I'm up against it because, but because I haven't gone out and bought another one of these for 150 quid, I'm now running out of my Mac Pro. I'm running the line out of my Mac Pro, which means that because all my mixers, submixers for the synths go into the UA, I have no synthesizers. Oh, my that. goodness is arguably the saddest thing you're going to hear this year. Wow, that does sound pretty sad. It is, it's just astonishing, isn't it, really? I mean, you'd think that, the, I mean, if, if something costs that much, you would hope that it would have at least a, at least a year's warranty, if not more, if it's just a cable. And I'm, I'm guessing, and this is this has actually been uh, installed. You know, it's not like you're moving it around a lot, right? No, 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 no. It's not, nothing moves. The cable goes from one end of the room to the other obviously into the pieces of kit at each end of the room. It does not move. And it's optical, and they were going, oh, you can bend it, you can do all sorts of things with it. And because it's optical, it's going to be amazing and last forever. Well, evidently not. I don't so, understand yes. how it... Yeah, wow, that's, that's harsh. So something like this is... Yeah, it's just now becoming essential that people do things like this. Uh, Although it has got a Thunderbolt output, which you would still need to plug your UAD into, <laughs> which would mean you'd still need the five meter cable well, as well. But you I could mean, you could buy, I think, possibly up to four of these adapters for the price of that single Thunderbolt cable, which is the thing that's quite scary. 
And I think what's, yeah, I mean, and what's really scary is before that, you know, with the old Mac Pro, I was using the Firewire 400 and 800. 800 always seemed a little bit kind of weird and flaky. So I was like, ah, oh, Thunderbolt, yeah, okay, this could be the answer because we're sold it as the answer. Evidently, it might not be, Ouch. or it may just be a temporary solution. So, yeah, I was really reluctant to turn around to my dad and go, yeah, yeah. you know, normally I'm like, yeah, buy that latest, greatest thing because it'll make your life yeah. better we've I'm done that we yeah we have done that before but yes maybe this will i know charles I, I mean it seems like a good solution i mean i quite like the fact that it's third party and so many people have gone hell yeah we'll have one of those it's quite interesting that 16 and a half thousand people have bought have, have, yeah. have gone for this yeah it looks it looks great um it, it looks like something i mean i i don't have one of the new macbooks because I, I don't really use laptops that much i mean right. I, i'm mainly on on towers and and I'm talking to you on an iPad Pro, and uh, and my other iPad just keeps ringing in the background. Um, but the uh, I, want, I, get, I have to say one of the things I found about the video that I thought was pretty funny is that so like with all the bad solutions, all the dongles and everything, they have the kind of schlubby guy, and for for all the like really great sleep solutions, they have the cute girl walking around with her Mac. Yeah, no, you <laughs> it's have like, to. Have, <laughs> it's it's glum and. Yeah, it's, they always do that. <laughs> like b the before picture with no makeup and your stomach sticking out, and the after picture with all the makeup and the hair done and everything and smiling. Yeah, yeah, of it's, course. It's, I thought, found that quite funny about the video, but but yeah, it looks like a great solution. I mean, if it's if it's diecast uh, aluminum or aluminium, as you'd say in this country, and uh, and and it seems to work, then great. I mean, it is super cheap. Yeah, I don't know how they've managed to get... I, what I don't understand is how they how have they managed to get a Thunderbolt on it at that price, unless it's just a through, because the Thunderbolt chipset is really expensive, and that's the thing that's always bumped up the price of, you know, A, the cables, and B, um, anything with a Thunderbolt, certainly a Thunderbolt 3 interface in it. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know how they managed to do that, but yeah. I'm and happy. And that's what they have. They have Thunderbolt 3 on there, and it's, what, 50 gigabit? throughput so it's it's pretty pretty impressive stuff i mean i i get it i had this sort of niggling feeling in the back of my mind that um that they may not be able to get it for the price they think they can mm -hmm. i don't know why i think that maybe so yeah that, well well just... there was this one which is the hydro rock which is kind of similar Ooh. kind of concert 13 port i thought oh is there anything else hydro dock i don't know if it says the campaign has been terminated due to delays and financial losses so yeah th there yeah. may be some truth and that's uh, it's a similar kind of concept except it's got a cable in between it and the interface looking at that but yeah they raised eight, eighty thousand bucks when was that that was last year june so i don't know what the updates are for that but yeah let's fingers crossed um or or you know it's a fantastic uh um way to make a million and a half bucks <laughs> I, which i'm sure i'm sure is not the case you know i'd just like to say allegedly and all of those disclaimers but it looks like a great thing hopefully it is a great thing and it will solve that problem and that's all awesome we're all for, all for problem solving i think aren't we um okay right uh there's this as well This is a very cheesy, actually, Eventide video. This is uh, inside the Eventide building with very cheesy music. I, know, I don't know if it's intentional or not. I guess because they've gone for a sort of sepia video vibe. This is all of the people working on stuff at Eventide. Good to see you come in there. I'm Jackson. Uh, I've been working yeah, on the... Yeah, I'm guessing it is cheesy. Eventide rack units coming soon to a hardware rack near you. H4000, right? What? How do you guys get in here? 
I won't play it because it does suffer from a little bit of that kind of we're trying to be funny and it's not quite. It's a bit short of the mark. <laughs> I know. When, Charles, when, Char- sorry, Dave, go. No, it would have been better if when they got when in, that bloke was looking at Paul on his computer. Hey, didn't see you come in? Yeah, they, maybe that's how they started, but they, they it, it didn't make the cut. Charles, I'm guessing a front of house guy, even tied H3000 on the Ultra Harmonizer. We have talked about these before, classic algorithms. Yeah. This might be something that would interest you, although I guess it's a big chunk of hardware that maybe you wouldn't carry around. I don't know. Is it something that you think, hmm, maybe? If I if I were still mixing for prints, which obviously that's not going to happen anymore, but um, uh, for many reasons. But um, I mean, he, he used, uh, we had a uh, uh, 480, we had a uh, 3000, H3000, I can't remember, uh, 3500, I can't remember what all we had. We had, we had a bunch of hardware units, like, couple racks full of hardware reverbs and stuff like that um i would use the i'd use this eventide it was the h9000 new model i believe that's the one. Oh, sorry I, 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 I would definitely use that i'd use that because it's it is cool and it's it, i like hardware units i mean my, my laptop i use as a hardware reverb unit i you know i run it i the laptop one of those little native instruments uh inter, complete audio six interfaces and uh, I just I run like four ends and then stereo out back into the console. So I use it basically as an effects rack. And uh, well, only, run, only really running one effect. Uh, no, no, <laughs> running multiple effects. I, I was, <laughs> was going to say that's a hell of a lot of uh, that's a great reverb you got there, right? It is a great reverb, but it, it's cool because like I have the um, I'm using main stage and on main stage I've got like uh, reverberate, uh, which is from Liquid Mix, which I one of my favorite convolution reverbs. I've got uh, two instances of uh, Guitar Rig running their Memory Man delay. Right. Um, and then I've got the Chris Lord Algae uh, vocal processing thing, which is basically I'm using for like slapback and just a slight bit of just stereo spreading of vocals. And uh, yeah, I just th- those are the effects I run. So I mean, I'm using it as an effects processor. And Would you, you use know, it? it I get, you're using time-based stuff. I'm guessing that you wouldn't use it for real-time processing because of latency that get, would get introduced otherwise, right? That's, that's right. I wouldn't. I, all, all that I do on well, I, I normally mix on Avid consoles, so I'll do that on you know plugins. Right. Okay. So I use like all the metric cable stuff and things like that. Ah, okay, understood. I, I, okay, well, I mean, it looks like kind of fun. I know, Dave, we've talked about the Eventide uh, uh, algorithms. I'm guessing this this guy's going to run a bunch of things. I mean, there were some other things suggested, new effect pedals and stuff. And there's something about it. I mean, I know you've got a big sky. I don't know if you've tried any of the Eventide uh, factor pedals, which we did a piece with the the, mod, the new Model D going through it. And it was, you know, he's just I was there. I was just smiling like a, like a loon the whole time with that. And it, there is something about it, right? Is this like the H9 and stuff like that? Yeah. I walked in on you using that H9 on the Dominion, and that was like, whoa, that sounds good like that. Uh, I'm, yeah, I have no real experience. In fact, I tried to persuade Chris to buy an H9 for himself because what have I got? The Blue Sky, the Dig, uh, and, the, and the other tape one, El Capistan and stuff like that. That's, that's Strymon City, right, yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I'm a bit of a fan, and I just thought, oh, it'd be really neat if Chris got, say, something like an H9 for his setup, and then we could kind of do ABs and stuff like that, just yeah. to compare uh, how bad each other's music was. Well, if you put enough reverb on it, it doesn't matter. That's what I've discovered. That's why I use those kind of effects. <laughs> yeah, particularly that kind of transposition 
reverb, isn't it? Um, no, I, d I, I don't have any. I, I, have, I didn't watch that video. I didn't see that video. I saw another one that was on the list. Ah. And, and it, when it said something like, only limited by your imagination, I turned off. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, very, very good very good nice nice way to end that yes excellent but anyway so we're going to go and see Eventide obviously at NAMM there's a few things that they're going to show I'm guessing and they might preview some of this technology but it, what's nice to see is a company of that kind of legacy with that kind of uh, thing are working on a bunch of new products. It wasn't just the big uh, new H series. It was, uh, there were some uh, guitar pedals. There's some uh, DSP kind of plug-in effects as well. And, you know, all of that stuff is like, yeah, great. You know, that's really good because that for a spell, they've been working on their, on their le you know, bringing their legacy sounds into the new digital age and making those available. So I, I'm just really pleased that that's happening. And I think that's all jolly good news as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, yeah we're happy so we'll we'll yeah. like i say we'll yeah. go go and see them uh right what else have we got uh did that one did the even side effects well there's actually not all that much else really gosh is it we've really got 15 minutes so that's all right but is there anything else anyone wanted to cover i mean have you heard any rumors about nam anybody well, that, oh, yeah no we'll do that we'll do that don't worry it's going to be there because I, I didn't know whether <laughs> um whether there was going to be anything i mean i know uh, like dave Inst dave smith instruments have actually been really brilliant the last few nams because they've just sort of on the morning of the thursday they've gone oh yeah here it is and then nobody knew anything about any of it and the, i don't know what it is that they do to their employees what sort of contract they have to sign when they join <laughs> but it's obviously very very effective uh, and uh, so uh, no news uh, might be news if that's a kind of anything so anybody heard of anything else or perhaps yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how this whole thing goes in circles you know for years it was like there was an embargo on everything until the day and then there's just like a million launches on the first day of nam and then a few people would save it until then, you know, like a year later, a few people will go, actually, we'll just on the second on day. Saturday. And then it got to this point where it's like, actually, if we just announce everything before, then actually, we were really good at that. I think we announced something, something like two years. So, yeah, I'm wondering whether it's getting back to that. Right, no one says anything until the day. Because actually, that was part of... Yeah, the big reveal. I know a, a lot of companies suddenly kind of went, actually, NAM's not become relevant for us this year because we've already announced what we're going to release and we need to get on with making sure it's about, you know, it's ready to actually release. So I think, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see this year. I haven't heard anything. Uh, the only thing I'm interested in is that new stylophone. Ah uh, yes, uh, I saw that. Uh, you you really are. That's interesting. I'm I'm kind of I wasn't only because sure. I've been listening to loads of David Bowie over the last week and got really kind of wistful over that stylophone. One of the first gigs I ever played, I played a stylophone through a reverb unit and it sounded rubbish. Uh, no, it sounded quite good. I'm pretty and sure thought, that there was something. Uh, there was something like this. Generation X stylophone release. This is on Wired. I'm sure we've got a news item for it, but I wasn't prepared, so I'm going to plug somebody else's website. Uh, cut off. Uh, but I'm I'm fairly sure there was another one of these um, a couple of years ago that was bigger and was metal. Um, I I just I'm not sure. So yeah, that looks like it. That's a uh, um, it's kind of Monotron style, isn't it? That's kind of what I'm getting from that. Um, but that's okay. 
So yeah, we'll yeah. probably go and we'll go and see that because people will be interested in it because it's a, a fun kind of thing. But yeah, I know mm. what you mean. Um, so we'll, I'll put that on the list and we'll go and see it. I know. What about you, Charles? Anything in there that you're you're thinking? You know, I, I hope there's a, or I think I might know. I mean, obviously, the problem is with uh, most of us is we can't say anything, even if we do know. But I genuinely don't <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know of anything. I don't know of anything at all. Um, there's nothing I'm really hoping for. It, the thing is, I I'm trying to get out of this. Uh, oh yeah, you don't want there to be anything new, do they? Because I, I don't want to... there to be anything new that I want. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of fetishizing gear, and I I have a really bad habit of doing that. And ah. I, I just want to just write music. That's all I want to do. Just write music. And, I think and, you said and that was my New Year's resolution: is to to double my my work my uh, creative output this year. So right. I'm I'm working on that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Dave. You wanted to come in. No, 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 no. I was just saying, um, Charles said something on a previous podcast that's really lodged in my brain and gnawed at me. It's like, I want to write more songs, not make more sounds. And yeah. I, I yeah. have to make sounds for, for my work. But this idea of, you know what, I need to finish things. Yeah, so that's yes, a, that's this a resonated. Good Thank you, Charles. That's a good resolution. I, I should also add, I, I, um, because we've been trying to do sort of NAM awards and we always kind of forget. And when we get back, we sort of tend to do them after the effect, which is is all right. But then what we've done this year, I've actually, I've got rosettes made. Best of show. Uh, that's best software. Uh, what's that? Best polysynth. Best of show. There's a whole bunch of them. So this time we will actually take them and there will be hopefully people walking around proudly with the, uh, with the rosette with the Sonic State logo on it. Best of show. I mean, I'm hoping they're not going to think, but I'm not a dog or a horse. But I, <laughs> there was, there, there's a certain, and these are really quality. I got them from this company and they basically, I ordered them on Monday and they arrived today, which I was really impressed by. So, and also they'll, they'll pack nicely in the suitcase because you can imagine if I was taking a bunch of like plexiglass or glass awards, I'd have to have a separate suitcase for them and they would weigh a ton. And also, yeah. it doesn't look so... Because obviously, we can't put the name of any who it is because we don't know yet because we haven't seen the stuff. So this way, it's just a bit more kind of... Yeah. So if you're watching, my I like a margarita on ice, uh, that, although it won't... <laughs> It won't affect uh, the outcome of the vote. You can try as hard as you like. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and the rest of my oh, team man, will, I wish I was will, going will appreciate bribery as well, but it won't get I, you uh, anywhere. I'm going to find out who, made, who you got to make those rosettes and just get loads made for myself. <laughs> I got some. I got actually. Well, they came in. They came in two back, two packs of uh, eight or six. So I've got a load of spare ones with just the logo on it. So I can send you one, Dave, if you'd like to have one. So I, I, I'm, I'm fairly sure because I've got. We've got. Uh, oh, this is my favourite. Best of breed, mine is. No, this, this was my favourite. Uh, which because we did that. We and this is the one that we did because I remember uh, it was a couple of years ago at Korg, Avery Burdett did uh, us a walkthrough of the kind of Korg museum where they just had everything it i'm oh, sorry not called sorry i beg your pardon it's yamaha and it was brilliant he was such a lovely bloke and it, uh, and so he created this award called top chap so that's going to be going to somebody this year so i guess that's the one we could be bribed on because it doesn't really count a, a, about equipment so if you want this then you know do your worst maybe buy yeah. some advertising <laughs> no i don't yeah. yeah, <laughs> yes i suppose i i've rather blown it there can i but then Top Chap has a sort of thing to it, you know, a, a resonance yeah. to me. But yeah, maybe I should have had Top 
non-denominated human being, but that doesn't look quite so good, you know, on the on the river. It doesn't have the same ring to it, though. That's the problem. No, it doesn't. So uh, I guess well, maybe maybe I should have got the top lass. Or yeah, that that, that we're getting into yeah. all sorts of PC nonsense there. I don't know if I I'm ready to start justifying that. Maybe I'll have to keep that one uh, wear it myself or give it to somebody else maybe i'll send that to you dave <laughs> yeah i still get grief for an award that we left at name we got we won an em at its choice award thing years ago and uh it was terrible i'd eaten something really bad on the plane on the way over because <laughs> the awards night the awards night is it was the em awards night and by the time we found the place, I was, it was, whoa, I'm not feeling too good here. Oh, no. And uh, I went up on stage and kind of collected this, you know, this nice little glass statuette and kind of stood there, the obligatory photo, and then realised I was just going to, it was going to come up. <laughs> so I literally ran to the door of the, it was the Marriott. Oh, yeah. And when I walked outside... I just projectile vomit. And I remember thinking, I, A, I don't feel very well. And wow, that is one impressive projectile vomit. <laughs> <laughs> and then just kind of turned around, wiped my mouth and turned around and went back in. And I was did kind you, of okay for a few hours. Did you do your acceptance speech straight away? Kiss the, kiss the hostess. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, But in the whole kind of chaos of, I mean, we really, Chris and I really weren't well that now. And, uh, we left the award thing in the hotel room and I still get grief about it. Oh today. dear. Well, oh. this one has a high, um, high credibility, but very low value. <laughs> <laughs> Financial value, obviously. Anyway, I, I just thought it'd be fun to do something for a change, you know, and actually kind of make some awards because uh, everybody's doing it. And I was feeling left out and thought, yeah, I want to do something like that. And it gives photo opportunities and all of those things. So it should be a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, let's uh, we have got one more video, which we can probably just about cr get in as long as uh, as long as I can press the button correctly. I think it's this one. Ah, This is the Hobbit Fred Harris. This is... Uh, uh, well, this is a professional music synthesizer which can create up to eight different instrument sounds simultaneously. Is that an EPS? 16? Now, of course, or, uh, a human being can't play all uh, eight. ESQ, ESQ, perhaps. But a machine can... By this is one of the BBC's uh, sort of... Uh, various musical instruments to communicate hey kids look what computers can do technology shows from the 1980s atari st computer so you can send control information from the atari to the synth and that feature has attracted some pretty impressive software from steinberg research it turns the st into music's equivalent of a word processor what you might call a music processor oh very Tell good me, what can it do well the software's been designed uh, to be i won't play the whole thing because we kind of know <laughs> what it does but you know <laughs> i saw that i just saw what a brilliant you know occasionally we do post these nostalgia pieces and it gives us old farts the chance to kind of reminisce uh, and and so yeah it's a trigger for that but also there were some other things on the show there was also uh, a cheetah master keyboard which was one of the few ones and the casio cz uh, 101 i think was in there as well and a commodore uh, music computer but i i remember um driving to wherever it was audio Audio Village, I forget the dealer I got it for. I had to drive miles. It was right around the M25 to buy my Atari ST and my Steinberg, Steinberg Pro 24 software. 
Uh, and I remember driving all the way back, getting home and plugging the Pro 24 software in and thinking, it's broken, it doesn't work, and phoning up and being really cross because I was just too stupid to figure out how it worked because it was really complicated from what I recall. But that was it. That was the Pro 24. That was where it all started. £284 in 1986, around about then, equivalent of £750. I think I bought that with... Well, in the UK, uh, if you'd been unemployed for a certain amount of time, they did this program where you it was called the Enterprise Allowance Scheme, which was probably one of the only things that uh, the Conservative government and Thatcher kind of did that was, you know, reasonably good for people, I would say. I, I don't want to get political, but I, I got one of these grants and it was a thousand pounds. And I got the grant and I bought that and I bought some, a few other bits and pieces. And that's what got me started. The whole thing got me started completely that way. I'm sure, Dave, you've got the uh, similar sort of reckon. You've probably you've still got Atari STs about the place, haven't you? I know you have because uh, you've, you've said it. And I've, it's made me think I'd like to keep, get one back. But then who knows? There was a kind of mad rush at the end of their life to get them. It was Digital Village who kind of ended up with the stock. It was kind of through Paul Whiffin. Anyway, um, yeah, there was a sort of rush. I was working with the company and we were, you know, we, we, well, I had a company and we were doing stuff on floppies. So it was like, actually, the Atari was pretty essential. Uh, and I wanted, yeah, so we've still got, I think I've got four. I don't know whether any of them will work. When we get into our new place, there will be a space for an Atari ST. You could network them and have a super, super MIDI processing uh, kind of neural network of Atari STs, right? It's going to be amazing to see if any of the floppies you know, creator, notator, all of those things, whether, they, whether they'll still work or whether, there's, whether they've kind of degraded over the years. I've tried to keep them all in, you know, reasonable environments. But, yeah, I love this. It was, yeah, it was something. I, had a, I As I explained to you in an email, I had a mate who worked. At this time, uh, Steinberg was distributed in the UK by a company called Evenload Soundworks. This is really old fart material. Um, so stay awake, kids. And uh, he, yeah... And it was before kind of Steinberg UK or Steinberg US even. In fact, a friend of mine was offered the job to go and start Steinberg US. But Pro 24 was kind of, I didn't have Pro 24. I, I had this thing called Sonos Super Sequencer or something, which was actually created by Tim Ryan, who was one of the founders of M-Audio, I believe. But it was a company who was just down the road from me in Wokingham. And it was brilliant because... You compose your stuff in the same way as it was a bit of a pro, probably a Pro 16 ripoff. And then in order to make it work, like keep everything in time, it obviously had to divert all the processing to the MIDI. So you'd hit this button and it would just, the monitor would go blank. <laughs> which I've always thought, like Gaz would love that, wouldn't he? Because he hates all that work into the grid and stuff. And yet, somehow we kind of churn, churned out these tracks. The ST was just like an amazing thing, oh. even though that really did sound bad. But I did things like, dude, we were uh, we did quite a bit of stuff for Cheetah over the years because they were, and the who then became Soundscape. But Cheetah, Chris, oh, I've told the story loads of times, but Chris programmed this digital wavetable half rack synth called the MS800, yep. which has recently been made famous by this old Richard James thing. Uh, you couldn't give them away, and now they're going for really stupid money. But you programmed it by putting these wavetables kind of one in front of the other and then setting this really awful filtering. It was all digital. But you couldn't hear anything 
until he finished. He took it out of edit mode and then you could play. But the minute you put it into edit mode, you could never hear anything. So it was all this sort of educated guesswork. Phenomenal. I love the 80s. Actually, I didn't. I hated the 80s. Yeah, I, I don't know about working on that kind of stuff now. But yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting... I, I, I'm, I'm my, well, I'll let you go next, Charles. I mean, I'm guessing you probably, because you're in the States, you might not have come the Atari ST route, but I could be wrong. Well, yeah, the ST wasn't wasn't really that big. Uh, my first one, my first computer was a um, music computer, music uh, processor. Was uh, I was using a a Mac or an Apple II, is the wow. 2E or something, and uh, using Alpha Centauri, if you remember that. But I'm kind of surprised you guys didn't touch on the most important thing in that video. Okay. That guy's mullet. Did that you was. See it was. Yeah, <laughs> man, that was the 80s, wasn't it? It was a great mullet. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's almost made me want to grow one, except I'm not sure I can do it too easily these days. But um, that was impressive. But, but yeah, in the States, uh, people were much more geared towards hardware uh, sequencing. Like the, the lens sequencer was really big. Uh, and then when the leases came out with that MMT8, uh, that, was, that yes. was huge. That yeah. was huge, yeah. 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 Yes, I so um, and then the then I went back to computers. I got a uh, I'm trying to think. This is about I don't want to show my age too much, partly because I think it's wrong on Wikipedia. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the uh, I think I went to a Mac Classic, and uh, I was running Master Tracks. Master Tracks Pro. Master Tracks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think Master I Tracks do remember. Yeah, I, I love it. All the I've, but I've got a client of mine who swears by the Atari. He's like. It's like, oh man, you know, just running Steinberg on that, it's great. And, you know, the timing is great, and I'm kind of like, yeah, it's not. Okay, it's no, not. Great. It's not. I mean, <laughs> it may be its own thing, but it's not great. It's not how I describe it. No, so. well, we've covered that before. There was that whole thing of particularly when Cubase came out, when it flipped over to Cubase, where you had to put uh, priorities stuff at the top because they would trigger first, and then you had to stagger if you had big chord vamps that also went on beat one you had to move them by a few clicks manually because you didn't get pattern delay in those days or certainly not to that degree so the kick would hit in and then the chord would sort of smear you'd have to make it like that so that the kick would always be bang otherwise the you would get the chords sort of moving around either side of the beat but <laughs> yeah. uh, my my uh, pro 24 story is when i bought all this stuff obviously i'd set up a business to do it and uh, Fred Williams, who was the engineer at a club that I worked at, he's the guy who basically got me into all this. He said, great, I'll tell you what, I'll talk to a local journalist and we'll get something in the Chronicle and, you know, you can tell people what you do. And I got like a little piece and he's arranged a lovely bloke, sadly passed away a while back. He got me into a live sound, everything, and he was just a great influence on my life. But anyway, um, so I got a gig upstairs because the club had opened a studio and one of the first sessions to come in was Anne Pigal, who was, I think, on... Uh, uh, what was ZTT. ZTT. And, and they had absolutely no idea about any of this stuff. And so I was brought in as the programmer. They didn't know that I also had absolutely no about, idea about this stuff. But I had my own computer and those sort of things. And I remember what happened. There was... Uh, we were working on this, this this track, and it was, you know, I was doing it, and, and it was back in the days with FSK, so you had to always rewind to get the sync point. It was just a nightmare. So anyway, um, I I remember I programmed this whole thing, and then something went wrong with one of the... There was some 
garbage in one of the uh, one of the patterns. And the only way I could get it to work again was to put it on track 24 and mute it. And every time, if it accidentally became live, the, the program would crash. And I spent this whole session trying, and this was, I mean, when I say whole session, I'm talking about like a week or something. And I remember, you know, and I charged whatever it was I charged. And at the end of it, they kind of said, well, we sort of felt you didn't really know what you were doing. And they were absolutely right, very perceptive of them. But that was my first, uh, my first professional engagement as a MIDI programmer. And uh, I learned a lot about that. Um, a is learn your shit before you get those kind of jobs because uh, otherwise you'll get found out because uh, uh, but, but back then it was easier because nobody knew what to expect from this technology they just assumed you know oh this will be great and it wasn't it was just eating up i think they probably hired me on reflection to, to maximize the amount of studio hours they could bill for <laughs> so i probably made the studio a fortune but yeah i'm yeah. not proud of that but uh, it's a funny well i don't know if it's a funny it's a sad story in many ways but yeah that was pro 24 it's a horrible horrible thing I to th- use i thought what was interesting here is actually i haven't looked at pro 24 or anything like that for years but the leap from pro 24 to cubase in terms of the linear operation you, you kind of forget how massive that was back it, i was just used to notator yeah. and creator which i love the pattern based stuff you could put different loops uh on various things and you could build up some really interesting stuff but then for everything to kind of move over to linear was like oh oh and now now things make more sense yeah well that was the thing wasn't it because uh all of them almost all of the atari um, or mac sequences pretty much to a to a product were these kind of weird arcane interfaces with patterns and stuff that you just didn't didn't make any sense as soon and, and cubase was the you're right the first linear you know, I guess it, that makes it kind of the granddaddy of the DAW as well, because that moved to the same with the audio. I mean, the whole thing, that, that's where it all came from. So, yeah. Anyway. And then you moved from the Atari ST to the Atari Falcon, wasn't it, which had the audio? Well, the Stacey, I think, uh, was the other one I always liked. Stacey, I still have that on my phone. Well, I have that, you know, that when it's sent from my iPhone. The Atari Stacey, for those perhaps who don't know, was... was what the first kind of laptop kind of thing you know it was a like a music laptop i seem to remember massively underpowered i I seem to remember wasn't it it was about the size of a kind of well big breeze block well two breeze blocks wasn't it and the front opened up was that 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 was a stacy wasn't it i still every email you get there you go that's a stacy sent from my phone it says sent from my atari stacy there it doesn't i mean you can imagine it for the uh aspiring (laughs) music music programmer that was a thing of beauty it looks like one of those uh, laptops you see when you're watching like something about like uh, one of those uh, Jason Bourne films, and they have yeah. you know the government issued laptop, and it's like super secure and it's yeah, yeah. Of course, Atari was his Blade Runner. Oh yeah, uh, Atari was, that? was right. one of the big adverts, and actually the Stacy. That's why I love it. They used to be they, they used to be a uh, an Atari uh, on the train from you from Bath to London. There used to be an Atari building. I think it was Games uh, uh, somewhere along the railway line. I always used to go past and see that and feel feel, feel an affinity because I was making you know that was probably when I, I was going to London because you know that's when I was using an Atari to make things and I always remember that. Anyway, as this is all getting a little bit uh, uh, too nostalgic for some people, I'd imagine. But anyway, just thought it was funny and it's sometimes it's nice to think where it started and how how much uh, has moved on and how this, but how in many ways, you know, you get these leaps, but then there's, there's this sort of quite sluggish midpoint between these sort of great uh, conceptual leaps in things. 
And that, I guess that, that distance is becoming shorter and shorter, I guess, because, uh, you know, I, I, whatever the next one is, I don't know what it is yet, but it's presumably it's going to be, uh, you know, a personal computer that will do all of this stuff and be able to make us create sort of without, without any sort of CPU issues or whatever. And also maybe bridge the gap between the touchscreen and the, the, the traditional input methods anyway. But anyway, perhaps we'll see that but now. Just- just quickly, Charles, yeah. did you, um, like in the States, did you have the Atari console, like, like the games console? Was that fairly ubiquitous? Oh, oh, the console, yeah, yeah, for the games, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. huge. Really That's when they got, when Atari got really big, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I understand that Steve Jobs worked for Atari, in fact, helped develop Breakout, the game. Oh, wow. And then went off. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, the, uh, yeah, the, the consoles were huge in the States compared to the computers, which were a niche market. You know, yeah, okay. everyone had IPMs <clears throat> otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But it, so. yeah, Atari's were really big in Germany as well. Because whenever you used to buy, whenever I had to buy more RAM or uh, a monitor or a hard drive, that always you had to order them from from some uh, German retailer or some German distributor that would, where you could buy. I forget the name of it. There was a German distributor, and I bought my first hard drive for the Atari out of that because it was it was all very. It was like, you know, almost kit form stuff with a, the power supply was a, at least as big as the hard drive, which was enormous in itself. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for this week. I, I, oh, I should remember um, we did uh, release this free, uh, our, our free Max for Live kind of uh, synth in uh, conjunction with um, Metafunction. Uh, and uh, I, I thoroughly. Uh, I'd recommend that you download it if you've got Max for Live. It's kind of fun. It's got an extra bit of pulse width love in there. So, uh, yeah, do do check that out. I won't go on to it. You can find the, the, the videos featured on our site somewhere, so do check it out. Anyway, thank you very much for everybody. Uh, thank you, Dave, for joining us. I, I guess, you know, thank I've got you. to go back now and uh, continue my NAM planning. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at the, at the other side and maybe we'll have some more exciting things to talk about that came up there, right? Cool. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. And also thanks to Charles Chicky Reeves for joining us as well. And uh, we'll see you out the other side. Very much appreciate yes. you made it. I'll see you uh, when I get back from California. Ah, yes, of course, because you'll be in California as well. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, don't forget, uh, we've got the We Can Win Isotope Neutron. We want the hashtag, which is on Twitter, Mix for 2017. That's Mix and F-O-R 2017, uh, all as one word. And the hashtag Neutron, N-E-U-T-R-O-N, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Uh, and... Um, Stay tuned for all our NAM coverage because it's going to be all over the site. You should see all the videos. It'll all be there. Anyway, that's it for this time. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.